We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. That is Tyler Siski. Thanks for uh, being with us here uh, on uh, on the big show. Episode number 34 of uh, McCrady and Siski as the uh, march towards Boise continues. It does. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about a number of things. Uh, there's more stuff about <coughs> Auburn. We'll talk about Auburn again. Again. No, we're going to talk about the truth of Auburn. How about that? All right, Tyler says we're talking about the truth of Auburn. I always thought that's what we were kind of doing. Um, uh, there's a lot out there that's not right now. Um, Shane Lyons out at uh, West Virginia. Yeah. Probably not great news for uh, West Virginia coach Neil Brown, who beat Oklahoma, one of my one of my bad picks for the weekend. By the way, Oklahoma, screw off. <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, my God. <laughs> what are we doing? They need a hand-raised guy in Norman to go, wait, 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 what are we doing? They're five and five, two and five in the Big 12. Yeah. There was a reason that Lincoln Riley got out. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Jeff Saturday's win. He's 1-0 as an NFL head coach, undefeated. Uh, Derek Carr, upset. He was. Uh, you said Yeah, I did. Vikings Bills was absolutely the game of the year so far. I mean, if in you, any sport, if you like sports, that was all you wanted. That was it. You don't have to like the NFL or college. If you like sports, yeah. If you didn't like that, you, you go to the go Justin to, Jefferson catch. I still don't know how he caught it because he's a freak. He's the he's but like the physically, dude. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, because no, if you're the DB, you're like I can't I can't cover any man. Played the position, coach position. No idea. Yeah, if you're the DB, you go, I, I can't, I can't play it any better than that. All right. Uh, we'll talk about that, and then of course we'll go over our uh, our picks from last week. Um, what went right for Tyler? What went wrong for me? And we'll uh, we'll look ahead to a pretty weird slate of uh, 
slate of games. But uh, anyway, before we get into too much of that, uh, brought to you by our friends at Rain Total Body Fuel. Um, today, I've got the uh, Rainbow Sherbert. There you go. I'm Top. going with the White Gummy Bear. Both have 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Um, how are you? Well, you know, I'm. Uh, it's just been a very uh, unique weekend for your boy. Um, yeah. Called you Saturday morning. You did. I was finishing my run. I had just sent out a snarky tweet about you. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's what I I didn't feel bad about calling you. I didn't know if you were up or you are trying to sleep in. I didn't know if you were at the stadium. So, actually, I got a notification on my phone. When I follow somebody that tweets at me, it, it pops up on my phone. Um, I had a an incident at my house to where I feel somebody targeted me on purpose um, and destroyed my mailbox at my house. And um, I am, just to let you know, because you're probably listening, you know, I have this thing called a ring camera. Mm -hmm. And I know, I got it narrowed down. Um, You're probably listening, and you know where I live, but I'm about to soon find out where you live. And we're going, if you've seen the Equalizer or some Liam Neeson stuff, uh, I took it personal, and I'm the wrong dude to do that with. But I, I, I very, uh, I took it as a personal jab at me, and uh, I, I will, I'm, I'm narrowing it down. So, very it is your opinion that it was not an accident? It was not an accident. An accident, you put a note in a mailbox, mm-hmm. or you knock on a person's door, right? Um, you don't take off running like a chicken shit. So, I took that personal, and I'm the wrong one to do that with because I will not let it die. I want to let you know, I, I've got it narrowed down. I will find you. And I do take this thing personal, and I'm the wrong one. So just to let everybody know that, um, and I've talked to you privately. You have. Do you think it was personal? Uh, my guess would be, and, and I've been spending the weekend having to read between the lines on things and guess on things. My yeah, guess, you're good at this. My guess would be that, yes, it was personal. Okay. So I'm going to. Uh, Stupid. Yeah, but, but and it's personal. not even – and by the way, I just want to make this clear. This is not about the money. It's probably going to cost me because it messed everything up. It's going to cost me between probably – I would say somewhere between 600 and $800 to get fixed. Really? Yeah. Um, and it's not even about the money. This is the point. It's the point. People make mistakes all the time. This was not a mistake. Oh, sure. That's what so, I told you. I mean, like, you know, <clears throat> people back into something every day. God, I almost did it leaving football today. I almost backed into one of those damn yellow brick columns because my phone wouldn't stop ringing, and I, yeah. was on, I was on the phone, and so my beep beep didn't work, and I was trying to avoid hitting this person that was walking behind me, and this golf cart was coming around, and so I lost my focus for just a second, and I realized that was like yay far from running into one of those concrete yeah. things to protect Vaught Hemingway, and um yeah, so, but my point is, is if I back into someone's mailbox or run into somebody's mailbox by accident, stuff happens, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go to the door and say, excuse me, sir, I'm an idiot and I just hit your mailbox and I, it appears that I destroyed it. Here's my information. Yeah. Get an estimate. 
I'm, I'm good for it. I'm really sorry. It wasn't intentional. I'm an idiot. And your response would be, hey, man, stuff happens. Thank you. Right? Yep, yep. And then you go get an estimate, and you get it repaired, and I pay for it, and we're all good. That's the way the world civilized works. Yeah. civilization works. I just felt it was a little personal, and, um, and I'm the wrong one. So if they want to make it personal, by God, we can make it personal. We can make it really up close and personal because I'm going to find them. And I got it narrowed down. So, and I, yes, I do have a ring camera. So things are getting, um, super sleuth is on the case and will come to a, uh, a judgment here before too long. So that got my weekend started off. Yeah. You were, you were fired up. Yeah. My, I felt really bad, um, because, <laughs> all right. So I had kids over and they were like, it's cold. I don't know why they're out there, but a lot of kids were in the front yard playing, uh, football uh-huh. in the neighborhood. This is Saturday? This is Saturday morning. This yeah. is right before I called you. I was leaving the house to go get some stuff to cook for the game. About 10 o'clock. About 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to the grocery store. My wife's out there, and she has somebody's done something in the mailbox. I come outside, and you know, like, immediately you go from, like, zero to rage? Sure. Like, I'm I'm convinced after Saturday that I have CTE. It's, it's, it's in there. Like, I can't explain it. I was immediately – raged beyond belief and i was dropping f-bombs and like little kids right there they were because yeah, like, oh. when you called me i was like you sounded so angry at first i was like tyler it was a really playful tweet man i mean <laughs> it's all good because i tweeted i tweeted that you had said that you wanted to come run and watch soccer with me and so i tweeted a picture of my of my um <laughs> i tweeted a picture of of uh my treadmill screen. Yeah, it had the so- the soccer game. I I've saw been watching. Yeah. The soccer game was at intermission, and the players were getting ready to come back out. And it said how long I'd run and all that stuff. And the only person that even commented on it was Kane Womack's wife, Melissa. <laughs> I mean, she said, "I was like, I'm waiting for someone to get this." Yeah. And Melissa got it. Yeah, so, Melissa hey, Melissa, it. thank yeah. you. Way to go, Jags. Kudos. Another team that I wanted to bet on. I was like, ah, it's too many points. Nope. It was it was right. They covered. Way to yeah. go, Jags. With you. Um. But yeah, no. Anyway, so that's that's that. Saturday and then uh, Sunday. Turned forty five on Sunday. Well, well, and so on my birthday on Sunday, I went undefeated you in, did. A, in a National Football you League. Did. Not only in our picks, in general. In general, I went eight zero yesterday. So it was a good day. It was a really good day in the old pocketbook yesterday. All right, where you want to start with this? Because I'm I'm gonna let, right. I'm gonna let you sort you need of to go guide. ahead and go. Yeah, I'll, you, I'll guide it because you talk about it all day long. I imagine, and and I know you have to to start uh, do your website and all that stuff about it. So I guess my question is this: is and it's really a question for you: is what in the hell happened yesterday? Because I'm probably I would say I'm ninety nine point nine percent more informed than. Anybody in this world not named Kiffin or uh, Cohen or Sexton when it comes to this? What happened yesterday that everybody was, I mean, my, my social media and everything was going apeshit yesterday. What's, what happened? What did I miss? I really don't know precisely because I tell people this all the time. I don't read the other sites. Um, and that includes like, the, and I read Jay's site, the Auburn site. Right. I actually post on Jay's site sometimes because, you know, I mean, I like Jay. I covered Auburn for a long time. I have a little soft spot for Auburn, et cetera. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. And um, I don't know. I spent 
a more time Sunday on the whole Kiffin-Auburn thing than I intended to. And I got up this morning and looked at, so at uh, my site. And I mean, I'm just two or three people like, hey, we, we, need, we need more information. We kind of almost demand more information. And I was like, but there is no. In- I mean, I felt like we've talked about this. It's not like Lane Kiffin to Auburn has been a taboo topic. I, I wrote about it. Four weeks ago, right? Well, I think I've written about it. The week it. of the game. Yeah, I wrote about it the week of the game, and I wrote about it before that. We've talked about it before that. We do countless podcasts. It feels like we talk about Auburn all the time. I can only imagine. I do a show with Jay where we talk about Auburn. We've talked about all their chaos week after week after week. And so I was kind of taken aback by that a little bit. Like, well, why haven't you written anything? And I guess, I don't know this, but I, I, it, it certainly seems like other media entities have written something along the lines of Lane Kiffin has an offer. Lane Kiffin has a deadline slash ultimatum to give an answer. And that, you know, the expectation is that, well, let's see what if we got it right. Kiffin gave Auburn a number. This is the this is the, the the narrative that's out there. Kiffin gave Auburn a number to meet. Auburn met the number. So now Auburn's saying, okay, so we need an answer by X. And when I heard that, I guess yesterday for the first time, I was like, that doesn't sound right. That's not how this works. No. Um, I called around, got some information, but didn't have enough to like really like dive into it. It was a Sunday night. Um Carson and I, every Sunday night at 8.30, watch Family Guy. So we watched Family Guy. And then, you know, it had been a long week. I was tired. I went to bed. I woke up this morning to... Hysteria? Well, not quite. So I've spent the morning working on it. I made a big post just then on rebelgrove.com about what I know or what I've heard. And See, I can't help this part of it. I grew up in the newspaper business, as you know. And always had an editor. And so... If I called an editor and said, so I got a source, he would say, well, who's the source? I'd tell him who my source was. And then, you know, you had to vet that, and you needed a second source, and you do all those things. And so before I just report on something, I'd like to feel, I'd like to feel great about it, but I need to feel at least really good about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, today's the first day that I, I feel like there's a consensus among the people that I've spoken to about what it is. Like, I talked to one guy yesterday who was giving me all these details, and then he told me something else, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. What was that last part? And he told me, and I said, that's not right. He goes, what do you mean? I said, that's not right. I'll tell you later. I can't yeah. do it now. I would do it out somebody. I said, that's not correct. And he kind of backtracks a little, and I said, Wait a minute, is that your opinion or is that what you're, you've heard? He goes, well, that was just kind of what I assumed. And I said, well, okay. You know what assuming will do, right? But my, my, what immediately struck me was, okay, well, if you're assuming this, how much of this other are you assuming? How much opinion is going into the first part of what you told me? So it made me kind of discount that. And I talked to somebody else who's like, yeah, that's not true. And I'm like, okay, well, then scratch all of it. And today's the first day. Literally in two months that I kind of feel like there's a consensus among what's reality. Yeah. You know. I'm not sure I explained that. No, it made I got any it. sense at all. No, you did. Here's the thing. And, and, and look, maybe I should be. Cole probably definitely is going to say I should be. 
we could be all clickbaity that we want to when it comes to this stuff, but I'm going to tell you this is that's not how it works when you go to us when when a coaching search starts. Hell, I don't I don't care. I'll say it. I was contacted by the by a coaching search firm on Thursday night after this show. Wait a minute. Tyler Siski to yeah. be Auburn's next head coach. All right, and I talked to Can him. Can I be I'm, your hand raiser? No. No. Are you not taking the job? No. No, I'm not. T- it wasn't about me. Oh. No, it wasn't about me. It was asking me about other candidates for a job. So you don't go from Thursday night gathering intel on your possible candidates. Who all of you worked for? In my, in my history? Uh-huh. Let's go through them. Uh, let's see. Let's start back. I started with Larry Blakeney. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's not him. Steve Roberts. Not him. Uh, Mike Bates. Eddie Guth. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, nice he, people. Hugh Freeze. Okay. I'm going to put that one on the side. Uh, Nick Saban. Ooh, that's a power play by Auburn to go after Saban. Yeah. Joey Jones. Probably not Joey. I've worked with Lane Kiffin. Okay. Um, I've worked with Billy Napier, Mario Cristobal. Nope, nope. I've worked with a bunch. So I'm guessing that they Kevin were... Steele. Oh, I've worked with a bunch. Oh, hey, you like how I threw that one in there? Hey, you like how I threw that I one like in there? That. I'm learning. I'm learning. I like that. I'm learning. No, okay. but here, here's the deal: is I had an hour long conversation, and you don't go from that on Thursday night to hey, here, you know, two days later we got an offer for somebody, and you got two days. That's not how it works. Lane is – you think Lane's talking to anybody before the Alabama game? No. You think he's talking about – no, he's trying to get ready to go play Arkansas. Yeah. Now, agent may be having conversations with him, but let me explain to the fans how this works, okay, is he is – now, I want to say the truth, okay? I do know this from the other side. The reality is, yes, he is Auburn's – that's who they want, okay? Yes, he is priority that's, one. He is priority one, okay? But that doesn't mean that some ultimatum, ultimatum – Ultimatum. ultimatum. You like that? Ultimatum. That's a new word. Yeah. Ultimatum was given to him some offer. That There was no offer made. Okay? Do you want to explain how when they – people probably get this confused is – and you were we were talking earlier, uh, and I think the fans can understand it, is they reach out to you to see if you're interested. So the analogy that to I your always people, give – To your people. The analogy I always give is you want to take – a particular girl to the dance. You got to ask her out, right? But you're not completely sure that she's going to say yes. And so you send out an intermediary to gauge the water. How's it looking? Hey, if Tyler asked you out to the dance, would you say yes? And if the answer is yes, well, then you move forward. If the answer is, well, I don't know, well, now you got to figure some things out. Because you don't the, want to be left at the altar. And if the answer is no, well, now you're moving on to your next choice, and you want to be able to say, hey, you were my first choice. You know, because if things go well, and you know, you want the night to end on a happy note, you don't want it to be, you, I mean, if, hey, I wasn't your first choice for this, was I? That's not a good conversation to have. Yes, you were the only person I asked. <laughs> First person I've talked to. You were the first. I, I did not ask out any other girl. I asked out you. You know, my wife never kissed another boy until she kissed me. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> oh, I'm 
sorry. My wife's going to be so pissed it's at me. It's not true. Oh, she's already pissed at me about my reaction over the smell box, so she got pissed at me again. So that's, that's that deal. So has Auburn done the deal where they're reaching out to Lane to see if Lane would be interested? Sure. And I think if Lane were to say, hey, give me an offer, they would. Yeah. And by the way, all of this would occur through intermediaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lane's not picking up the phone um, and talking to John Cohen. No. No. I mean, I, I, people were trying to say Lane and, and John Cohen talked on Friday. I'm like, no, they didn't. No, they did not. No, they did not. Lane did Kiffin, not happen. Lane Kiffin did not put himself in a position to have a conversation with the Auburn Athletics Director 24 hours before he played Alabama with the chance to stay in the college football playoff race on the line. No. That's, that's ludicrous, man. And, and the fact that people say that kind of stuff makes me go, so do you vet anything that you're told? That's what drives me crazy is I'm so – and I'm going to get into it in a minute. These quote-unquote journalists that are fanboys, tell the fucking truth, man. Don't go out there and just take a rumor that you heard from your sister's aunt's cousin's uncle's grandmother's sister at a freaking – you know, in your grandmother's basement with your underwear on, typing on your keyboard – that this is what the truth is, and people just run with it. It's crazy. All right, I said it. I said it. I don't know what episode we were on, and I'm going to stick with it. Okay. Hugh Freeze will be the next head football coach at Auburn University. Well, if you made me bet on it today, that's what I would bet too. I would bet that. Um, I would. I would bet that Auburn does want to move quickly. That. I would bet that Auburn has reached out and may reach out one more time to Dan Lanning at Oregon. My, Not happening. My anticipation is that Dan Lanning is about to get a new deal at Oregon. And his buyout's dumb. Um, my anticipation is that Lane Kiffin will ultimately stay at Ole Miss. And now, listen, if you're an Ole Miss person, you might as well get used to this. This is going to be happening, and that's the thing. Because that's nothing. He's, eventually, the time. he's eventually going to leave. He's renting the whistle. Yeah, and that, there's going to be and another most guy. Coaches are renting every the coach. I mean, if Lane stays two more years at Ole Miss, that's five years, which would have been about three longer than I would have bet on when he took the job. Yeah, I'm just telling y'all, I'm going to be absolutely. Do I think that they're going to want Lane? I think there's too many barriers in the way. I do too. There's uh, a lot there. There's a lot there. I don't think. There's so many barriers there that just the notion that they're going to pick up the phone and say, hey, Lane, you got 24 hours to decide. He is not doing that. He doesn't have to do that. You can't make these demands on somebody that has – that the other person has all the leverage. All right, so that's not happening. He'll take his time, probably after the Egg Bowl, and whatever if he does have opportunities – I think it will happen quickly. Yeah, I know, in but fact, I'm saying like he has fact, opportunities if you that told me, have If you told me the Kiffin part of this is resolved before the Egg Bowl, I would buy it. Mm. Oh, I mean, it may be resolved with him not going. Well, with him, again, I'll leave it there. Um, my anticipation is that Auburn will offer the job to Hugh Freeze and that he will take it. Hugh Freeze also will do a lot of the things that – It's a fit. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Someone today was like, you know – if if Lane got it, he could keep Carnell Williams on us. Lane's not keeping Carnell Williams. And if and if you're gonna say and if you're gonna say Carnell Williams has to be on his staff, well that's gonna be a non starter for him. No, I mean Hugh Freeze, on the other hand, would absolutely keep Carnell Williams if that was a sticking point. That's how I ended up running recruiting. Um It just kinda is that way. So Yeah, I mean that's it, where that story is. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I just, I know everybody's, I don't want to say something. Somebody sent me a message today. And look, there's a lot of angst and anxiety amongst the Ole Miss fans. I feel like a parent in this deal, okay? I feel like I have to be the, the, um, I feel like my two kids are fighting. All right. I got my Auburn Tigers over here. Mm-hmm. And I got the, you know, the place I live, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fans, I'm not a fan of Ole Miss, but I like a lot of my friends are fans of Ole Miss, right? And sure. so mm-hmm. I want them to be happy and all that stuff, right? But I'm sitting here and it's two kids that are going at each other. That's what they're doing. And they're fighting over somebody, right? And, you know, Ole Miss, oh, what do we do? If 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 Lane leaves us, what do we do? Guys, it's going to be okay. You go, you go hire the next guy. You go hire the next guy. Yep. All right? Oh, they, they lose my mind when, when people act like, okay, if, if Lane Kippen leaves, it's just the program's over. I mean, no, 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 it's not. not. I mean, you, you look, it, can, it, can it really get a lot worse than the probation stuff? Can it really get a lot worse than when – Dude, I mean, Hugh Freeze gets fired in July for the whole no thing in town. I, I tried to recruit during it. It was a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. You it, just you, you, there's going to be ups and downs and and ebbs and flows, and that's just what it is. But I think the one thing that that has, I guess, the one thing that has happened that I think would be in a good situation is you are paying a coach seven and a half million dollars. So you know how to budget with that. They can sure. go take that money and go hire the next guy. It's going to be just as good, and you're and you're able to pay candidates like that. Yeah, you're going to be able to attract quality candidates. At and that, when you get the quality candidate, you're going to win football games. At that point, you become a top fifteen job, and and if you're paying eight million a year, and in a twelve team playoff, look, look. Here's the thing that I also bring up. There you go. And I think this is important because I, I think if there weren't an imminent 12-team playoff, I think this might be a different conversation that we're having today. Agree. Excuse me. But if there were a 12-team playoff dating back to 2008, okay, Hugh Freeze's – not Hugh Freeze's, Houston Nuts 2018 would have been in the conversation by the end. They won a bunch of games. They got red hot. Probably wouldn't have made it if they'd have been in the conversation. Hugh Freeze's 2014 team – would have been in the conversation all the way to the end. His 2015 team would have made it. 14 team probably made it, too. The one with Peach Bowl? Yeah. Would the, have been close. The two, the two New Year's Six teams would have made it, I Yeah, think. I suspect that the 30 to nothing loss in 2014 in Fayetteville would have been a, thro- a throat slasher. But regardless, they would have been in the conversation late into November. Um, Lane Kiffin's team a year ago in 2021 in. would have made the playoff. And Lane Kiffin's team today, and as long as you finish up, as long as it beat Arkansas and Mississippi State, would probably get into the tournament. I would. You would certainly be playing meaningful football games in November. Correct. Right. So, Lane Kiffin on a topic we'll talk about later, as it pertains to all coaches, has plenty of ego. He has plenty of belief in his ability to out coach and win a football game. So he looks at that and goes, "Okay, well, if I can make the playoff here." Is Auburn really that much of a different job than Ole Miss in terms of making the playoff? No. The answer is no. There's three jobs in the SEC West today that are head and shoulders above Ole Miss and Auburn in whatever order you want to put anything else. I mean, yeah. Alabama, Alabama, LSU, and Texas A&M. LSU, and Texas A&M. And make no mistake, everybody in the West wants Texas A&M to keep Jimbo Fisher forever. 
because right now it's a total cluster. If they ever brought the right guy in with those resources, they immediately become dangerous. So is there is it worth going from the fifth best job to the fourth best job? I mean, I, that's, that's a decision for Lane. I right. don't – I mean, look, at the end of the day, guys, and this is the truth, and you can go listen, get all your clicks if you can click on them and get all, read all the stuff you want. Auburn wants Lane, but there's a lot of barriers in the way. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it never is the first guy. And I'm just telling you, since I've been saying since like episode 10 of this bad boy, the next head coach at Auburn University is going to be Hugh Freeze. And I would be shocked. The only, and I think the, how about this? The only way it's not, <laughs> the only way it's not Hugh Freeze is if it's Lane Kiffin. <laughs> um, I think I agree with that. You're, hey, Auburn, you're getting one of those two. I think you're I either getting Lane Kiffin or you're getting Hugh Freeze. I think I agree with that. I don't know that I'd go 100%, but I think I agree with that. Because if you told me it wasn't one of them, I don't really know who it is. Anyway, enough on that. Enough I feel like on I've that. talked about Auburn to the point. Do you point feel like you've just been like beating your head in the wall? No, I just feel like I've talked about this so much. And I, this morning when someone was like, you never talk about it, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, that's good shit. All right, let's move on. Um, Shane Lyons, speaking of coaching changes, Shane Lyons, a friend of mine that I worked with at Alabama, he was, I think, I don't know his title, but he was the number two guy at Alabama when I was there, yeah. at AD. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the West Virginia job. He's on, like, a ton of NCAA committees and stuff, like leading them. Really one of the best ADs in the country. Got Gets fired today. Now, why do you think that happened, Neil? Uh, I'll, I'll take a – I'll take an educated stab. They wanted him to fire his football coach, and he didn't want to. Yeah, not the Monday after you beat Oklahoma at home. And, yeah, you know. Bring that up again. Did I actually? That was on accident. Um, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, it was rough for my boys out there. Um, good people, too. Uh, but anyway, long story short is. Nobody that, cares if you're not winning. That's it. It's a scoreboard it's a business. scoreboard business. And at the end of the day, you got – I mean, he's top 10 AD in the country. Yeah. Without a job. That's where we're at. Everybody has bosses, I guess. Should he have fired Neil Brown? I don't know. I don't know the whole situation. Right. But I'll tell you this. I personally respect the hell out of Neil Brown. See, I've always liked him. I like Neil a lot. Yeah. Um. Coached against him for a long time, recruited against him for a long time, all the way back to, you know, Arkansas State, Troy days, right? I thought it would work out better at West Virginia. It just hasn't worked out. And, and it might be because it's just hard now. I mean, man, listen, I mean, seriously, you watch football today. What's their record? I think they're 5-5. Five and five. You watch football today, and, man, it is just the – like I was doing, I did. I, I'll give you an idea, okay? Four and six. Four and six. So yesterday, <coughs> as I climbed out of my um, cough syrup induced drunken stupor, I did my weekly ranking of the SEC. Pretty easy at the top. It's Georgia, you think? Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss. One through five. That's pretty easy. I got there. It's like, okay, cool. And I'm staring at number six. I'm like, wait a minute. That's what we said from the jump. Who's who's six? And so I started writing it down over here on one. You, you can see this. The people can. I've got notepads and stuff. You are the king of the notepad. And I'm writing down Kentucky, Mississippi State, Florida, South Carolina, um, 
Arkansas, and I put a question mark by Arkansas. Brendan's girlfriends are here. Oh. Find love on. You know, I'm going to bet that you don't find love there. <laughs> Brendan might. Yeah. Love, though? I doubt it. Brendan had a fun little thing on Twitter today, yesterday. Fine love. Um, but I did it, and I was like, how do you separate those teams? Even beyond the transitive property of, well, Kentucky beat so-and-so, and they beat so-and-so, and they uh, – I just like, all those teams are the same. And so what I said like, from, the, from the jump. And so what I did, I was so proud of myself because in the past I would have spent 30 minutes trying to separate them, and I was like, ah, right, screw it. Six to 11, you figure it out. And then I did 12, 13, 14. And, hey, kudos to Vandy. I didn't bet on you, but way to go. Just when you gave up on them. Way the week go. that you give up on them. You know, I was so happy for my guy, Clark. You're supposed to stick your gun and say, by gosh, I told you guys they were going to get one this year, and they got one. That's what you I mean. You were one week short. I know. And one I, week. I know. If I just one week. stuck with it. Because I said in the offseason they're going to win an SEC game, and everybody's like, no, they're not. I'm like, yeah, they are. I can feel it in my, in my fellow bald-headed blood. Let me tell you what happened. I really know what happened. We won. No, you were, from the jump of the season, you were waiting for this Missouri game. And they didn't win the Missouri game. They came close. And then you saw how bad South Carolina played. And you were like, okay, maybe we have a chance here against South Carolina. And when they went and got the shit kicked out of them by South Carolina, you were like, it's over. You were done. They didn't have any other hope. And then. That's probably true. And then they did it. They gave up. And I was really disappointed when they lost to South Carolina. I was. I wonder what kind of money line odds you could have gotten Vanderbilt at Kentucky in. Before the season. In July. A thousand? I mean, at least. But Anyway, kudos to them. But my yep. point was I was like, screw it. And then 12 was Auburn, 13 was um, Vanderbilt, 14 was Texas A&M. But A&M last, huh? They have the same SEC record as Vanderbilt. <laughs> if they played each other right now, would you bet against Vanderbilt? Be, yes. Absolutely. Did you watch Texas A&M Saturday? Yes. Oh, Tyler. You would bet – Vanderbilt beats Texas A&M. I mean, I'm well, saying, one, one team would try. <laughs> hey, don't sleep on UMass this week. <laughs> this week, money line. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, no. Can you Im- Like, that might do that it. Might be the 86, <laughs> that might be the $86 million that might loss. Do it. That might do it. No, but, like, yeah, it's bad. I mean – but you knew it was going to be bad when, if A-Chain didn't play, you know what I mean? Like, you knew that how bad that offense was going to be if A-Chain didn't play. I mean, he was the only thing that kept, kind of kept him going. But, anyway, um, let's move on while we can, but before we get canceled. Um, uh, real quick, Walk-On Sports Bistro yep, puts everything that. they got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana, dig into their mouth-watering Made from scratch, Louisiana cuisine like po' boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. All in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. So listen, if you're in the Oxford-Jackson area, you're not making the trip to um, Starkville for Mississippi State's game. You're not making the trip to Fayetteville for the Ole Miss game. You're not going to wherever the other games are this week. Stop at the uh, walk-ons in Ridgeland or the walk-ons in Oxford. And make sure that you tell them you appreciate them uh, making this show a part of your week. All right. You all right over there? Yeah. What the hell happened? <laughs> okay. This is the reload for the second half here. Okay.
right. <clears throat> so a lot of stink on this Jeff Saturday deal we had on the, to talk about the other day. But did you see Bill Cowher's comments yesterday? I did not. Oh, my God. Sundays are super busy for me, and so I miss a lot of stuff. And I was watching that uh, Vikings-Bills game that went on and on and on. And so, no, I did not. All right. So, in case you're buried under a rock, the Colts hired Jeff Saturday, who was a high school coach in Georgia. But he was he's in the ring of honor. He, he won Super Bowl at, at the Colts. Center, really good player. Um, they hired him to be the coach. Well, the first part of the week, you had all the woke world going in about it being uh, racist that they hired hired him. I don't understand that. I never understood where that came from. Um, and then uh, that dri- I, I don't like when people deflect blame and do things that drives me nuts. Um, and then you had the Bill Cower came comes out on NFL Today. I think that's what he's on CBS, I believe, and mm, just yeah. blast how it's a disgrace to the coaching profession that you had capable capable guys in the building that had been head coaches, Gus Bradley, Fox, those guys, um, and they've been with the team since you know training camp and all that, and you basically hire an outsider to come in, and it was a shot and all this stuff, and it was a disgrace to the profession, yada, 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 and a lot of people on both sides of this. And then he goes out, and they win the game yesterday. They beat a very dysfunctional Raiders team right now, um, but here's the thing, man. Is this like? Oh, I, I I've got a real hot take on this. All right, I'll let you go ahead. Okay, it's the National Football League. That league's about one thing. Yep. It's about well, it's about two things. It's about money and winning, and the two things typically go together. Robert Ursay, no matter what you think of him, owns that team. He can do what he wants to do. Now, he's not free from criticism, and you can criticize, but Robert Ursay's job is to put a product on the field that the owner, the owner, is to put a product on the field that the team, that the fans will support and that will win. He's brought a Super Bowl to Indianapolis. I think they lost one, won one with Tony Dungy and, and uh, Peyton Manning and all of them. Yeah. Jeff Saturday. Beat the Aints. Yeah. Yeah, won a Super Bowl, beat beat the Bears, lost to the Saints. So he knows what it's like to have a Super Bowl in Indianapolis. He wants to do it again, I'm sure. Now, does that mean he's sane? I have no idea. But he didn't bring in Jeff Saturday because Jeff Saturday's white. No. Now, he brought him in on an interim basis. He brought him in for two reasons. One, he very clearly wants to shake it up in the building. And two, they probably needed to do something to make them relevant from a PR standpoint. And Saturday did that. A lot of people watched the Colts on Sunday that normally wouldn't have watched the Colts. Fair? Correct. So it worked. Now, this offseason, my anticipation is you will see the Colts go through the whole process. Go through the whole process and interview a multitude of candidates and try to hire the person whether he's black, white, I shouldn't even say he, he or she is white, black, Hispanic, yeah, a ghost, whatever it takes to win games. That's it. That's it. Period. That's that league because that league is the ultimate scoreboard business. <laughs> the ultimate. If, if you put out, if you make results, you play. If you don't, You're you gone. don't. 
That's just that. Watch lead. what happens in in Las Vegas this all season. I bet you there's a change there after yesterday. Oh, there's absolutely going to be a change. He's there. one year. And, he's and, one year and, in. And it just it's just the way it is. And so if you've ever covered that league or been around that league, you know that's how that league is. Yeah. And uh, and and look, am I denying that racism has ever happened in the National Football League? Of course not. Of course not. Right. Have there ever been people who were bypassed back in the day because of their skin color? Absolutely. Do I think that happens today? I really don't. I really don't. I think this league is about winning now. Look at, I mean, look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins go hire a guy that looks like he just came straight out of a Harry uh, Potter, Harry Potter, and, and he's winning. McDaniel. Why, why did he get the job? Because he wowed him in an interview. And he's backing it up. I mean, that's why. I mean, it's the whole thing, though, and there was a lot of people – and my man <laughs> Cole sent me this. So Brennan, if you're listening, this is my this is my Brennan deal. Brennan, I guess, put out a tweet or something that said that he was like this disgrace to the coaching profession or something like that, or or I don't remember something. Somebody I I hate it. He's gonna get mad at me because I didn't quote his tweet right. But guys, it's a uh, the impact that he had on that game was nothing more than motivation. And you know what? Interesting is where he, he put Matt Ryan at quarterback because he thought that was the best chance for them to win. Um, so he puts Matt Ryan back in. A lot of the players that were quote-unquote dinged up and hurt, Jonathan Taylor seemed to have his best game of the year. It's a little motivation and some things like that because the it players – It also tells you that the previous staff had lost, lost the yeah. team. But it also means a little bit. It's pretty smart of Ursay if you want to just – I don't agree with it. I probably wouldn't have done it. But – at the end of the day, the players respect Jeff Saturday more than they respect a coach because you know, Frank Wright played, but he played a long time ago. They know Jeff Saturday because he, he played there. He was Peyton Manning's center Peyton Manning's for all those center. years. Sure. And he got them kind of motivated, and they needed an outside voice um, to kind of do some things straight. Well, and the ultimate proof of this is that the longer Ryan plays, the closer he gets to certain numbers that, that trigger a lot of money. And, and if Ursay was not about – if Ursay at least wasn't thinking about the winning part. He wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Because he doesn't like to lose money. So, anyway. Anyway. But, um, Vikings-Bills, we talked about a little bit earlier. Game of the year. Just amazing. I'd like to take a moment of silence on Justin Jefferson. Can everybody just please silence for about five seconds. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'd like to appreciate his massive skill set. Um, so that was a moment of silent admiration. Yes. I was I was worried there for a minute that something no. happened to Justin Jefferson. No, that was because the last I looked, he was flying off the field with this cape. It was I didn't know I didn't know whether he crashed or something like high over the air. I mean, everybody, including my wife, knew that the ball was going to him, and there was nothing you could do about it. Like I told you, the dude for Buffalo could not have guarded him any better. He was a hundred percent in phase. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. He's amazing. It, it really is. It's scary. How about they this? They had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow on the same you college why, team. You wonder why they were any good on offense? And Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the same college team. I mean, dude, oh, I, I can't even – I don't even understand what happened. But, all right, <clears throat> you know what time it is, Neil? Um, medicine time? No, Neil. It is time to give the fans the update that they've been waiting for on the road to Boise. Hey, by the way, uh, in all seriousness. (laughs) Diversion. Diversion. No, not not a diversion. So the road to Boise, we we talked about the trip we have planned. Um, Our guy, John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in um, Memphis, helped us put it all together. Um, John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners. allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. So what we did was we're like, hey, John, we've got this Boise deal that we're doing. We've got to be in Boise on this day. We've kind of thought about doing something, making it a little bit of a longer trip, having some fun, being able to put out some social media stuff, do some extra shows. Thought about going to Vegas for a couple days before. So here's our parameters. Here are our dates. Here's our budget. This is kind of what we'd like to do. And that was the end of the conversation. Yep. I hung up the phone. I got to call him back, by the way. Don't let me forget. Okay. I hung up the phone and went on about our business. And uh, he booked the rest of it. It was super easy. You can do that for you too. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. All right. On the road to Boise, um, the first question I would like to ask you is, did you keep the receipt for your jacket? Uh, no, I got cold, so I kept the jacket. So um, if I get cold, I just get cold. I, I mean, I, I, listen, listen, here's the deal. I told you this. <laughs> when we did this, because I know how this is going to work, 
I anticipated losing. Okay, so you you're like terrified of losing. I, I fucking hate losing. I'm used to losing. <laughs> like, hey Neil, you're gonna lose. Okay. <laughs> now some of that's just being, it's not over yet, man. Some of that's just being a bald, but it's not over. Some yet. of that's just being a bald dude. I I'm think, bald too. But you want when did you go bald? When I decided to cut it off. There you go. It's, it's a mentality. It's a mentality. Now I'm mad at myself. I wish I had the sheet here. Because I looked at it on Sunday at the list of games that I had like, it's gone. Iowa was on it. South Alabama was on it. Like, I told, I told Chase this morning, I'm kind of pissed at myself because for all the Iowa jokes, I watched their games. And they've steadily improved. That's the one you're I knew you're, I knew you'd be mad about that one. And I'm like, it was Iowa plus a point. And I knew Vegas liked Iowa because even though Iowa was the underdog, the, the money line was minus 105. Yeah. And I'm like, they're going to kick Wisconsin's ass at home. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. And I do that to myself. So here's the difference. I, I was going to tell you this. People say, hey, have you talked to coaches about recruiting? You know what my answer to that question is? <laughs> no, because they're the worst damn sources in the world on recruiting. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if I'm asking who's coming, they're great. Here's who we're expecting to come. <laughs> but if I ask a coach, and this has happened so many times, multiple staffs. Did I do it to you? Yes. <laughs> hey, how you feel about so-and-so? Oh, we're going to get him. You sure? I was honest. You were one of the more honest ones, but you were an optimist at all times. And you almost have to be in coaching. Well, if I was optimistic about them, there was probably a reason I was optimistic right. about them. But if coaches have to be optimistic people, because if they're negative, the kids oh, it can sense, go. So, it can go south in a hurry. The kids can sense the negativity. I, I'll never forget we had Jason. I think his name is Jason Simpson. Ty's yeah. dad, Middle Tennessee, Middle. I mean, UT Martin. Yep, was on the show, and they were getting ready to play Ole Miss. It was a good Ole Miss team, fourteen, I think, and. Um, Hugh had it rolling, and we were like, hey, you know, you guys are coming. Like, what, what's your, you know, objective in a game like this? Win. And I was like, come on. Yeah, but what's he supposed to say? No, but, but it, was, it was a glimpse into it. If I approach it any other way, if I approach it any other way, the people inside my program will know it. And if they know that I don't believe we can win, don't believe we're going to win, why, why should they play hard? And it was a great answer. And I've asked so many coaches, I'm like, so you think, how you feel about so-and-so? Oh, we're going to get him. Next day, he commits elsewhere. And it's like, but, but, but. And I, I've now I, I don't even think about it because I just think coaches are wired to think positively even though that wiring is going to go off kilter. Is this what you were referring to earlier? A little bit. Uh, I think the coaching profession has wired me in a way uh, to deal with crisis and high-pressure situations in a calming manner. I think confidence is part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always grown up in the world that if you don't believe in yourself, nobody is. Oh, there's a lot of truth to that. It's, it's the one thing, and also not to get all super deep, Yeah, but it's the one thing, like, especially with my son, but with all three of my kids, but especially with Carson, because I'll sometimes see it a little bit. Like I'll see it on the soccer field sometimes, and I wish I could just go out there and go, hey, 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 
you belong. You've put the work in. You earned this spot. They didn't give it to you. You earned it. Just play. I know you're playing a kid's older than you right now, and I know he's kind of trying to push you around, but you're doing great. Chill. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Because I can sometimes see that stuff, and God knows he got it honest. Because I've never had a day in my life. Seriously, not, not about picks and shit. Who cares? Yeah. But, like, I was looking at this sheet last Thursday going, you know, I like that game, and 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 yet I'm picking these other games. I'm like, why are you doing this? This is stupid. I remember thinking as I was doing, this is stupid. You like other games more. I like South Alabama, and they covered. I liked Iowa. They covered. Um, I actually like ULM because I knew a little something. Someone had told me something about ULM. I mean, I don't really have a school. Right. But if I have one, it's them. Right. And I talked to someone in Monroe who felt like ULM was going to win, even though they were a double-digit dog. They got my boys at Georgia State. <laughs> they were a double-digit dog at Georgia State, and they, they felt like they were going to win the game. And I was like, well, you know, why not at least take – I mean, I almost took their money line, which is like 400 But instead, I didn't take it at all. And so I get mad at myself. It's a little bit of a – there's no, there's, there's no expression in life truer, though. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. That is an absolute life fact. Yeah, maybe to my ignorance, and I will I will say that first. But like, I mean, as long as I can remember any kind of sports that I played or anything like that, I wanted the ball last. I wanted the last, if it was the last shot to be taken, anything that had the game on the line, I wanted it to be the guy at the plate. I wanted to be the guy pitching. I wanted to be the guy in the football game in the last drive with the ball in his hand because not that I and – I, and I would probably say this. It wasn't that I just knew that if it wasn't just for me, it wasn't going to happen. It was more like if I screwed up or I lost the game, I could live with it a lot better oh, sure. than if somebody else had the ball and they lost the game. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and I think that has to do a lot with the coaching and everything like that is like – I want to call the play because if it screws up, at least I know I screwed it up. I don't want somebody else to screw it up where I thought I had a better idea. All right. Off of the – that's your that's your mental makeup today. There it is. All right. So let's jump into the NFL games. We'll start that off in the NFL. Um, or start let's, – let's update the road to Boise. So, Neil, you went four and seven. You lost three units. Yep. Your overall record is now 57, 56, and three at plus 2.37 units. Okay. And your boy – the Undertaker comes out of the coffin. I was all but left for dead. I was already practicing my ice baths. I purposely went outside Saturday and wore no jacket uh, all day Saturday to try to prepare myself. Wore short sleeves on Saturday. I am now 57, 56, and 3 as well, plus 2.03 units because I went 8 and 3 this weekend with a perfect 5 and 0 NFL slate yesterday. Yeah. And you are now leading by point. Three, four units. That's 0.34 units. We are literally one-third of a unit apart. She's coming down to the wire, boys. Yep. So it's time to go. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, NFL games. We'll start with you had the Chicago Bears minus two and a half. They lose to the Lions 31-30. Did you watch this game? I did. I don't know how much you were in it with your brain. Um. I watched I watched some of the Lions Bears game. You yeah. saw I mean look, they're better. They can run the football. Like they're really they're probably the best 
running team in the NFL, the Bears. Yeah. But Fields is the one that gets it, jacks it up, man. He throws a pick, pick six, changed everything, and they end up losing at the end. Uh, then you won. You had the Titans minus two and a half against the Broncos yesterday. Did you get to watch any of that? Uh, I saw that we were winning that one inside. That was the I sleepiest cruised. of all sleepy games. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't watch a lot of it, dude. Russell Wilson, man, he he needs to hang it up, man. Agreed. And he won't because he just got two hundred fifty million dollars. But he's the, terrible. The next game is the one that I watched a good bit of and and watched with just <clears throat> kind of like, what are we doing? Like, what are the all Saints? Right. The Saints. I'm done with the Saints. Oh, now you're done with the Saints. Yes. You don't remember this whole thing from Thursday, where. You you go off on me for picking on the Aints, and you gonna take them because you, well, you they they're going to win. me a couple of times, but now that they did me double dirty, I'm I'm out. They got their ass kicked. They did by the Steelers. They did. It was bad. And was what bad. and T.J. Watt? What I tell you, he was going to do. What he told you, he would dominate, and he did. He played well. And then what I tell you, Andy Dalton was going to do. Stink. And he stunk. Hey, to the fighting Clay Carchers, you are. The quick you NFL team of the week. All right. The one pick that I probably didn't give you enough credit for, you take the Miami Dolphins minus three and a half, and they – They look really good. They looked, they looked like a contender. All right. Now, all right. Or, or am I, I'm starting like – here's where I'm going to get pissed because I did this before, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let, let's let them prove it for one more week, and then I picked them the next week, and they look like dog shit. Are we, are we, are we staying where we're at? Because they've kind of put it together for two weeks in a row now. If you're just talking the eye test, forget betting lines. If you're talking the eye test, the Miami Dolphins are looking like a contender. Yes, they do, man. They, they. I mean, that if, was a dominating if performance. You're just watching them play, they look like a contender. I agree, man. That forget, was forget betting lines and all of that stuff. I mean, a 22 point win in the NFL is a big deal. Um. And then you started off. And the Seahawks-Bucks game was just a weird game. All right, I want to ask you a question. All right, question for you. One is Tom Brady and Julio Jones turned back the clock on you. They looked. They did. Like you thought they were going to look at the beginning of the year. Brady Brady looked good yesterday. He looked good. All right, here, I got a unique theory I'd like to run by you. How much do you think – I know they they go over there a week in advance or whatever, right? Four uh-huh. or five days. So that game is 8.30 yard time. So technically that game kicks off at 6.30 Seattle time in the morning as okay. opposed to kicking off at 9.30 in the morning. Do you think that has, like, do you think that had some something to do with it? I mean, maybe because the, the – the, Do you have the, enough time? The I guess Seahawks didn't fly over there till Wednesday, and they looked sleepy. They did. They, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. They yeah. looked sluggish, man. Um, yeah, they didn't, they didn't play well. They weren't sharp. Um, that was the first game where – they didn't appear to have a lot of offensive chemistry. Um, they, they, they've looked to have it in recent weeks, and they didn't have it this time. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, it was, it was noticeable. And then t- Tom Brady, I guess, you know, he's used to watching Jeopardy at 530 and going to sleep or something but because the old man came out and looked like vintage Tom Brady. He looked really good. It might have also helped that he had just that much more time away from all this stuff and got a consonant away from it maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You know, he, he looked he looked to be having more fun. It's the best Sunday. game and but his throws, he was on target, he was on time, he looked back to normal. First time all year, it's my the first time I've seen him where he I mean seriously where he looked happy. Yeah. Because he's a, always been a guy trash talk a little and have fun and this year, earlier this year he hasn't been doing that stuff, but 
I'm sure his personal life bled into his professional life. He's I mean, a human being, of course. To. All right, so you went two and three in the NFL. My NFL games, uh, I had the under Thursday night. We started off with a dub. I had the Panthers versus Falcons under at 20, uh, and the Panthers beat the Falcons 25-15, and, and one of the – the game was thrown, man. Marcus Mariota, the ball security he used in this game was embarrassing. Guy's just chunking it up. Did you watch in this game Thursday night? A little, not much. It was embarrassing. Uh, ball security by Marcus Mariota. Uh, but look, they kept it under. They tried to get me late, but they didn't. In fact, Thursday night I was. Um, That's I when was, you were out, right? I was at soccer. Oxford lost four to nothing. There were thirteen yellow cards in the game. You know, oh yeah, I like that. That's two, like two fights, yellow, right? Two yellow cards is a red. Uh, we got a player ejected. We had two assistant coaches ejected. Yes. Um, Carson got a yellow late in the game. But Carson, I just want to let you know. Uncle Tyler's very upset at you that you did not get a red. We got to get him choosing violence next time. I'm just joking he for was, all the people out was, there. This episode is brought to you by the Biden administration. He was, he was. Uh, I was proud of him. Yeah, he, he was. A little, good one. Him. His team was getting. His team was playing a man down, and they were getting smoked. And um, he was bringing it. I like it. He didn't stop. I like it. I was like, yeah, had a boy, had a baby, had a boy, had a baby. Had get, get a little fight in you. Yeah, ain't oh. nothing wrong with a little fight. Nope. Take you a long way. Um, and then yesterday, and I want to say this, because remember my thing I was telling you, when a team is favored by nine and a half points, take the under. Yeah. Okay. So just so everybody knows, tonight the Eagles are playing the Commanders, and they are favored by 11. So I've already taken the under at 43 and a half. That's tonight. Okay. So I took it tonight. I'm going to ride it until she bucks me. So I did that tonight, took the under. All right. <clears throat> but they, uh, that game exactly like we talked about. They had a chance. They ran out the clock late. The game uh, goes under. Had the Steelers. We talked about that game. And then the Cowboys-Packers game. Did you watch this yesterday? I did watch a good bit of it. This was a weird game. This was a game that you, if you got lucky on one, this was the one you got lucky on. Well, yeah, I thought I'd lost this one. Because the the, uh, the, Cowboys, the Cowboys had them beaten. I mean, they were down 14 points. Yeah. Um, maybe more than that. Um, no, it's 14. But at the end of the day, the call that – Dallas goes for it on fourth and four from the 35 in overtime. Do you kick the – I mean, this is the NFL. We're not talking about Lane Kiffin yet. Do you go for it there or you kick the field goal in overtime, first possession? Field goal. I do too. All day. In the NFL, for All sure. Day. field goal. And he goes for it and doesn't get it. Mm-mm. And it was P.I. They missed it. And then especially mm. in the NFL, you just breathe on them, they call it. They let it play. Um, and it cost no, them the game, man. You kick a field goal. I'm glad you did it. Uh, because, you know, also, just so you know, to make my day better yesterday, because mm-hmm. I was then pressing my luck, you know how I said the Packers were going to win outright? I had three units on the money line. Oh, how about that? At plus 180. Appreci- hey, Aaron Rodgers, appreciate you, baby. All right, then my last game was last night. You're talking about backdoor in the last two here. The Chargers were seven-point underdogs. I actually got it eight before the game. Did you see the end of the game last night? I did not. I went to bed. All right, so I was tired. The uh, Chargers are down three, with like a minute fifty to go. They hold the Forty ers and they punt them down to the one yard line. So they got to go ninety nine yards. They got three timeouts. Well, guess what? They don't get it. They get they don't they get like five or six yards. They get them out to like the seven or eight, and he goes for it. He has all three timeouts left, and I'm cussing because. The 49ers can't run out the clock. And so the only way they can do it is to score again. And they've been running for like nine yards of carry. And, dude, somehow they had them on the end zone. The Chargers covered late last night. Appreciate you again to finish up my perfect uh, Sunday. So 
Um, that's that with the NFL again tonight. I'm taking the under at 43 and a half. Um, I've already bet it uh, with the uh, Eagles and the Commanders. All right, college. One of the easiest wins of the year for you. You take mm-hmm. Florida State minus seven, you hit. They completely crush Syracuse. I believe it's 38-3. Yeah, this is two things. This is one, Florida State's playing really well lately, and Syracuse is done. Yeah. I'm trying to tell done. you, they didn't pass the eyeball test. Uh, shockingly, uh, because I went with this, I went with you on this personally. Uh, Washington beats Oregon at home, thirty-seven. Did you watch it? Thirty-four. Again? I watched every snap of it. What a game! What a game! Do you go for it on fourth down? I'll ask you again. That deep in your territory? No. I don't think you can, dude. No, you punt. That one shocked me a little bit. Um, just yeah. Can I tell you how much I hate Purdue? It's Purdue, every time I bet on you this year, you lose. Every time I bet against you, you win. You should hire me. <laughs> but until then, I hope the ghost comes and gets you. There you go. Hey, real quick before we move on, because I meant to cover this, and we're, I'm trying to skip around a little bit. Uh, Kodo asked, because this is another thing that drives me crazy. Uh, what do you do if the, you're the Bills? Do you take the safety? And run and run the clock. Here's the thing, guys. Every TV announcer, I saw this. It makes me every announcer that said, "Oh, they should have taken the safety right there." No, you don't. No, you don't. Taunt the Bills when they decide oh. to go quarterback sneak. No, there's no part of you that takes the safety there. You have a six foot four, two hundred and forty pound quarterback that has never lost a yard in the history of time on a quarterback sneak. Now, you may get stoned, but you're not going backwards. You run the quarterback sneak, game's over with. The problem is, is he he had his hands closed at the point that it was on Josh Allen, by the way. It was a bad quarterback center exchange that you practice every day. Um, it's just a bad deal. But, no, you don't take a safety. And for those that are second-guessing, saying they should take a safety, are completely clueless about the game of football. So every announcer that says that. That was wild turn of events, though. That was insane. Minnesota thinks they have a touchdown. They don't. He probably back. did score, though. It gets pulled back to the half-yard line. They don't get in. They go, oh, my God, we just lost by half a yard. And then one play later, the ball's on the ground. Unbelievable. What a, <laughs> then you crazy. Drive, you drive down a tie. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but anyway. Um, what, a, what a football game. Yeah, it was. What a football game that was. You had Western Kentucky minus 13, and they thumped Rice 45 to 10. Yeah, it doesn't mean much to you guys, but Hilltoppers, you are the um, McCready Media Team of the week, frankly, team of the month. At this point, team of the year. Grind, I just got news for you. I've been looking at the lines already. Uh, oh, Kentucky. I haven't done an SEC game all year. You may do that one. I might. <laughs> hey. Because let me just tell I'm you, uh, I, I need to look into it, but my early, early reaction is I really like Western Kentucky. Not a lot of games this week. That I really like Western Kentucky. Uh, I don't disagree with you. We talked about Oklahoma breaking your heart, 23-20. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And then Kansas losing to Texas Tech at home. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. All right, my college games. I took Georgia, 45-19 winners over uh, Mississippi State. That was easy. Yeah, but you know what? I got to give uh, State some props, man. They played good after the initial surge. Griffin, the, the return guy, is a dangerous guy. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, too low. Good kid. Um, Oregon State over Cal. 
I had a minus 13 and a half. They win 38 to 10 on the Pac-12 network, which sucks because you can't pick it up on anything, so I'm having to follow it on the radio. Um, and then the easiest money of the week, I had the Troy Army under at 46 and a half. And the, my Troy Trojans, John Summerall and the Troy Trojans score with about, I don't know, at the end of the game. They were down 9-3, to three and they score to take the win against Coach Nukes, Army, Golden Knights, 10-9. Yeah, to nine. That was a really good pick because they were way under. And by the way, my man Carlton Marshall breaks the record. Had 17 tackles at halftime. He breaks the all-time NCAA tackles uh, record um, somewhere in the third quarter. Yep. All right. Uh, I had the Ole Miss. Here's where my three losses were right in a row. I had the Ole Miss Alabama over at sixty three and a half. Um, yeah, that just didn't get there. Didn't get there. Um, Ole Miss played a better defensive game than I thought they would play. All right, yes, yeah, so credit to them. Let's talk about. It. I've been asked about it a bunch. I've already been asked about it about four times in the thread. So, I think Ole Miss's defense played good enough to win. Um, uh, yeah, I do too. I think I mean, it was one of their better performances of the year. I mean, look, number nine is a special player for Alabama. He he. He makes things happen. He extended two third-down plays where Ole Miss really defended it well, and he just made the play. Otherwise, those are field goals. And so instead of 14 points, it's six points, and we're talking about a different football game. He's a special player. Um, I said this earlier this morning. I'm going to say it again. I don't care about all the stuff about his size. I don't, get, I don't care. That dude is going to win in the NFL. Yeah, dude, he's I, just a winner. Bryce Young is a winner. It I, is as simple as that. I know you didn't. I watched it on TV. Obviously, I did not go. Um, but right after he comes on the sideline and had like the whole offense together and was ripping their ass, and they showed it on TV. And that's the next drive when they came down and drove the field and scored. Like they responded after that, right? And then um, he's a special player because they, they they lost Gibbs early in the game. Yeah, he was hurt. He had three yards rushing. I think if you told Lane Kiffin before the game, hey, Jameer Gibbs is going to have three yards rushing, he'd have been like, oh, Hurt my. his ankle. I don't know how bad it is, but he did not play again. Yeah. I mean, he would have thought, hey, we, we won. But here's the thing. You know, we talked about Alabama. I was a little disappointed, man. They're, they, they're, and it was evident again Saturday, they have no playmakers besides nine. And he has nowhere to go with the ball. Um, but with all that being said, I mean, it's I shouldn't say they have none. They have, they're different than they've been in the past. Um, but I thought Ole Miss's defense had a good plan. I thought they did some good things with with pressure. Um, here's where I think the game was won and lost. Alabama, starting in the second quarter, was able to get Ole Miss. I'm gonna get a little football geeky on you right here, so forgive me. Um, Alabama's defense was able to get Ole Miss's offense off schedule at somewhere during the drive. Not necessarily every drive, because they scored I think one more time after this. I want to say it was somewhere in the second quarter. They almost scored seven in the second half. Is that correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. So I know they it was somewhere in the they, second they quarter. They had one third quarter possession, where, and they scored. And then they had a possession that started late in the third quarter that ended up being a three and out, and then another three and out. And I thought that's where the ball game was decided. And then they had a drive where they drove, stalled, went forward on the fourth down, like the Alabama 41, didn't yeah. get it. And then they had the final drive where they got down to the 14. So where the change took place is, is they were the Ole Miss uh, Alabama defense was able to get Ole Miss off schedule, and they were creating third down and longs, a third and seven plus. And so Nick was able to get sub or nickel out of the game and get dime in the game, and he was able to play coverage, and they couldn't get open. 
the last play of the game, they were in 25 buster or two man, whatever you want to call it, and what Nick calls it 25 buster, and they were able to match up with Ole Miss personnel-wise. As long as Nick was in nickel, Lane was able to move the ball early in the game. But when they started creating issues is where they were able to go dime rabbits and be able to get the edge pressure, get both 15 and 31 on the field at the same time, and it just it, it became a tough, a tough deal. Um, with all that being said, I got this message 500,000 times about officiating. Officiating, officiating, officiating. And, guys, and it's every fan base. And I'm talking about, you're talking about what drives you crazy as a coach and not being invested is the referees did not cost the game. It was not a well-officiated game. I will say that. It was not a well-officiated game. But nobody's out targeting Ole Miss or, you know, because they're playing Alabama. Hell, Ole Miss was the one that if they were protecting anybody, they would have been protecting Ole Miss because they were the ones that still had a chance to, to go win, right, to make a better product. Um, the first thing was, oh, that was targeting. That wasn't targeting. Oh, Evans? No, no, it wasn't targeting. It was not targeting. Mm-mm. It was no part of it. Evans' crown of his helmet was in the side of the Alabama defender, Toa yeah, Toa. I've watched it over and over. It that was not targeting. targeting. He, for now, whatever reason, he got hit apparently because of the way that he got hit on the side of the head and into the neck. It, yeah, he had his head down. He knocked, it, it knocked him out for a minute. Yeah, he had his head down. Right. That does it every time. But that was not targeting. Now, the – and then I've seen it once, and this is what drives me crazy. And they probably know who they are, and they're probably watching too. There are some people on this beat that decide to tweet out seven times about the lack of about the terrible officiating. That drives me fucking nuts, man. That drives me nuts. Your use of the word "beat" is quite liberal here, generous. Yeah, brought to you by the Biden administration. I'm not talking about you, um, but you know what I'm saying. Like guys, and let me tell you something. My, my Hey, I'm Lane Kiffin. This one's for you. Let me tell you, I love what Lane said after the game. I listened to his press conference. Loved it. Yeah. Loved every second of what he said at the end. Yeah. Stop. This isn't, you know what, he, I hope he listened the other day. I was all fired up. This isn't about participation trophies. It's not. I don't care if you're Auburn, which we'll get to in just a second, or you're Ole Miss. Don't tell me about how many yards we ran for. Don't talk to me about the officiating. They came to beat Alabama, and they didn't do it. You didn't do it. it. And he's pissed about it. He should sure, be. should be. Good for him. Because his team. Good for him. His team was right there, and you could argue. But I mean, it drives me you crazy. You could argue that, that they were the better team. It always drove me crazy to whether, hey, if we didn't get a recruit, oh, the other team paid him. Hey, do you not realize that we were on probation like five times? I mean, if anybody, if everything is always deflecting blame, it's never us. It's never us. Yeah. It's always somebody else's fault. And deflecting blame is a sign of weakness. Don't do that. If you want to change the mentality and you want to be a champion, start fucking acting like one. And that pisses me off. Well, and here's the deal. And when we talk about here, the, Jack, the Jackson Dart thing, you know, the pushing yeah. in the head. Was it a penalty? Yes, it was. But he didn't, he see, didn't it. see it. He didn't look at it and go, oh, I ain't calling that one. Right. And you can look at the picture and he's looking somewhere else. He's not right. looking at it. But I agree it was a penalty. But you know what else they didn't call? They didn't call Otis Reese punching the Alabama receiver in the face after a touchdown. Burton. Burton. Yeah. They didn't call that. So it happens everywhere. Here's the deal. At the end of the, day, at the, end of the game, okay? And Lane talked about this today, and he's right. And if I'm an Ole Miss fan, this is what I want to hear from my coach. At the end of the day, Alabama was driving for a touchdown to put it away. And Ole Miss stopped him and held him to a field goal. Yeah. Okay? You got the ball back. You got the ball and a chance to take, the, take, it, take it down the field and beat Alabama. 
and you got to the 14-yard line first down with, frankly, more time than you wanted on the clock. <laughs> Probably so. Because number nine standing over there going, go ahead. You had a chance. You didn't get it done. At the end of the day, that's the stuff that so – there's two ways to look at it. You can do all the officiating stuff, or you can go, all right, well, we went toe-to-toe. He was asked, you know, what, does this you know, make changes or whatever? He goes, no, you make one more play. One more play. Yeah. That's, his answers are exactly right. I mean, the guy, from a press conference standpoint, nailed it. Make one more play. You don't over you don't overturn the program. You don't shake things up. And you make one more play. Yeah. You you show on film. Hey, as bad as this hurts. But we talked about mentality, we're a, right? A play from it. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that's and look and I know I, I wasn't uh, in front of the camera a lot, but that's the freaking that's where, where everywhere I've been, that's the mentality. Man, stop talking about. You know, I get it. I know what what is you know the expectations and all that things, but I've been a part of a lot of programs that have taken over places that were not winning, okay? That's kind of what I did everywhere I'd been up until I got to Alabama. I mean, you can't go into somewhere and be like, you know, well, we're we're trying to go to a bowl game. It's not good enough. Cool. And you show progress, and you got to say the things out publicly. But inside, I don't care. And you were asking about the UT Martin deal. It doesn't matter. You can't have that mentality. We're going in. We're just going to go in and play close. I like that. Go, go try to win. But if you want to be a championship program, you can't – Act like, well, it's the officials' fault. No, hell no, it's not. The calls went both ways. Now, it was a poorly officiated yeah, game. Right. I agree with that. There was a phantom hole call on the receiver. I, I didn't see that one. Okay, but you know what else happened on the second drive of the game? The receiver's about a yard, a yard short of the first down. They just moved the chains. Okay, it happens both ways. It does. It happens both ways. Were there some bad calls? Absolutely. I don't disagree with that. But stop bitching about the officiating you know what I and think just play set, the fucking game. You know what I think set the tone for that on Saturday, though, um, was the final few minutes of LSU-Arkansas. That everybody, was terrible. Everybody was so locked into that game because if Arkansas the wins, results, right, right. It, changes, it changes the the context of the Ole Miss game. And you have that, now third, that, was bad. You have that third down call where LSU throws it, trying to get a first down, and um, – the Arkansas DB, I can't think of his name right now. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know who it was. Know, he, but he made a good play. Yeah, I watched it again he this morning. He stopped him a half yard short. The, Every ball, the ball never got to the line. Never even smelled it. Right. And they look at it on replay, and you can tell Sam Pittman is completely believing that they're, this is about to get overturned. We're going to get the ball back and have a shot. And then they have the camera on him when the referee goes, no, it's first down. And he's like, you got to be effing kidding me. Like, what? Yeah. And I bad. think, so that's what I think set the tone of, see, they're protecting the brands. Now, you and I have a little different view on this, okay? I don't believe that the officials are going in with any sort of a mandate or whatever to protect certain teams. I don't. I, I, that's too, because if that ever got out, you're done. I do think there's a human thing that is called expectancy bias that bleeds into officiating that you have to overcome. And expectancy bias is I think the officials sort of expect the brands to win. And it almost sometimes becomes, bleeds into the way they call the games. 
But I don't think, because it's so hard, and if you watch them, if you watch the officials, and I do a lot, because I'm weird. (laughs) If you watch, because sometimes I really worry about the umpire. These kids are so fast, and they're so big, (laughs) and they're so strong, right? You got to be a different bird to be in there. And you got these umpires that are in their late 40s. Somewhere older than that. And they're, they're, I mean, look, they're tough dudes, but you got guys like Harold Perkins and like in the, in the Arkansas game. Yeah. You got Rocket Sanders running at you, Harold Perkins <laughs> running across from you, trying to have a train cut collision, and you're like four feet away? I mean, look, you can get hurt. Ugh. And so I, I, don't, I don't think they have the ability to go, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix this game. No, no, no. They're trying to, they're trying to protect themselves. I mean, on the sides and stuff. I mean, you can get hurt as a Bad. referee. Bad. And so, you know, I just think, but I do think expectancy bias bleeds in. And then I just think the replays and such now are so precise. And then you have they just missed calls. Here's the part that's broken. Until it's broken in the SEC, and they got to figure out a way to fix it, and I don't know how. Okay. They've got to get replay fixed. They've got to get replay where it's 100% accurate. And they've got to do it, got to figure it out. There's too much money on the line and too many people are involved. Like that call at the end of Arkansas LSU, if it – hear me out. No, I, won't. I'm, I don't disagree with you. Hear me out. It's not about Arkansas. It's not about LSU. Because I don't think Arkansas scores anyway because Perkins was going to play. And Jeez. <laughs> but if they overrule that and go, nope, nope, he didn't get there, fourth down. And LSU punts, and Arkansas doesn't score, and LSU wins. Nobody goes. Oh, see, they're they're, they're protecting LSU because LSU's big. Uh, uh-uh. nope. LSU just won. They overruled the call. But when they didn't overrule a call that everyone who and, and all the people that were watching that, everyone knew, they were cheering for Arkansas because they wanted LSU to lose. But none of those people give a damn about Arkansas. Right. Right. Correct. They go. Oh, wait a minute. Arkansas got screwed there. Why? And they start the conspiracy theory. Yeah. And so you do question, why couldn't you? Wait, why didn't you? And they go, well, we didn't have a clear, concise. Yeah, you did. Here, I, Now, I'm a believer in this. You want to talk about conspiracy theory? I'm a believer in this. I think they got the wrong people in the booth because some people, and you know who you are, refuse to overturn calls. I think you got this in the actual replay booth. Yeah. It's easier for them to leave it like the, they, they can deflect the blame. Well, they're all, and they're all interrelated. Yeah. And so when you overturn the call, you say the call was bad. I think they need to get independent people who aren't officials, but who can look at video and know what they're looking at yeah. to make those calls. Because it's like this. It's like you have the one re- review guy that's that no matter how obvious it is, I didn't do it. He did it. I'm going yeah. to, the call stands. And then you got other replay guy that's going to dissect everything he can dissect in the right. most meaningless call of all time so he can say I overturned that call. There's right. two there's two kinds of people. And right. they're not there's not the it's kind of like politics, man. You either got far right or you got far left. You yeah. don't have many in the middle. Yeah. And but anyway. Anyway, I think that one call at the end of that game set the tone for the whole day. All I right. Do. Speaking of LSU Arkansas, can we have a moment of silence? For the well, a moment of silence. Greatest. Like, you mean a moment of admiration? Freshman, impactful player 
that I may have ever witnessed in my 45 years now, 45 years and one day on this planet. He's something else. Harold Perkins. Not sure why we're a moment of silencing this, Harold. We're just, just admiring just appreciating your appreciating him. Just appreciating him. Yeah. Dude, it, it really is. The dude He's, had the flu. Do you know that? Did you hear the story? No, he I just had knew the, he had flu, the flu. And Brian Kelly said something to him about MJ had his best game with the flu. You ready to feel old? Don't tell me how long ago it was. No, ready to, you're going to feel really old. Harold Perkins Jr. goes, who's MJ? Stop. Stop it. Who's MJ? Well, dude, all I know is. That's where Brian Kelly just went. He, he dipped underneath the right tackle on one of the Did last Did you sacks. see that play? And it's like, I've seen one person the in tackle, my life. The tackle really was in good position, and he just went under, like he vanished. I thought, for me, the best that's ever done that, ever, was Dwight Freeney for the Colts. He was yeah. one of the best I've ever seen do it. I'm going to tell you who Perkins reminds me of. I know who you're going to say, I bet. Lawrence Taylor. That's exactly, yeah, I mean, like, but even in Lawrence Taylor's days, that, that wasn't even necessary. He was just faster than everybody else. He's a freshman, and the technique that he's using, I don't even think he knows what he's doing. But it wasn't even just that. It was like, Hornsby. Well, it's that one week he can do that, and the week before he's basically playing middle linebacker and 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 spying spying Bryce Young, and then he did it on uh, what is it? What's is it? Hornsby, Malik Hornsby is that? What's the kid's name for a quarterback for Arkansas? Arkansas Hornsby, yeah. That, what's his first name? Malik. Oh, I did get it right. He had and that kid. So had, he leaves, he and normally he outruns everybody. Perkins chases him down and causes the fumble, like yeah. Hornsby is like an elite, elite like, speed he's a track guy. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh! And then it just excuse me. I don't. It's unfathomable to me how disruptive he is. And now the interesting part is, it's going to affect Georgia's game too when they have to play him. Oh yeah. But they're going to have to probably have to run a little bit more downhill. But I'm just like, holy smokes, man! He's amazing. That's unbelievable. He's an amazing football player. I mean, amazing, amazing. It's three games now. That he has uh, directly, I think, been the reason they won. Oh yeah, easy. The he last three for sure. Because they were down fourteen, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing to Ole Miss, and he comes in and from that point forward, Ole Miss couldn't do anything. Beats Alabama, and then look, they were in trouble Saturday. Yeah, if he doesn't because play, I think they lose. Arkansas's defense, credit Barry Odom and them, had they a came great to play. plan and did did a really good job. They came to play. Yeah, I was I was impressed. Um, last game we'll talk about real briefly TCU and uh, Texas I had the over in that and all both teams decided to show up and play defense for some reason I wasn't even close the final score was 17-10 to 10. Uh, nobody scored that was just it was good, good I mean it was a great game but it was not what anybody expected it was a very sloppy game um, and then I lost my money line I mean, yeah let's go there do you realize that if I had stuck to my first gut and picked UConn as my money line last week that I'd be sitting very comfortable right now in the lead. Thank God. That goes to tell you, when you have your first gut, stick with it. And I didn't. I chickened out. I, ta- I talked myself out of that one. I cannot believe I'd be up like five units right now if, that, if I'd stuck on my guns. But I didn't. And you know what happens? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got? Last thing. I just want to – and let's, let's put some things in perspective here a little bit. Uh, this UVA tragedy that's, that's happened. Yeah, it's um, just, it kind of puts things in perspective just a little bit. 
or a lot of bit. Um, thoughts and prayers out to those guys. Please keep their families in mind, uh, in your thoughts and your prayers. That's just it's. I watched the press conference today. There's gonna be more coming out, but um, a lot of a lot of people's lives affected um, and changed forever today. Were the football players targeted? They haven't released any of that information. I watched the press conference. They were going. They went on a field trip to Washington D.C. for a class to watch a play, um, and it and it, the shooting took place on the charter bus on the way back to campus. That's what they said in the in the deal today. So he was still part of the program. No, 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 no. This was a class, like a okay. university class. Oh, that went to Washington D.C. to watch a play. Got you on a charter bus. Got you and. I guess he was on the bus. They had me say it because they asked him, is he, was he in the class, enrolled in the class? They were like, we don't know that information. I'm sure they do. There's some things they can't, right. can't say, right? But the shooting took place on the charter bus. Were all of the people who were shot football players? They didn't say that. I know three deceased are. Right. Um, and there's another one in critical condition. They did not release that person's name. There's another one in good condition. They didn't release their name. Okay. But um, he was a former walk-on on the program. That's correct. A couple um, years ago. A couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just a uh, the thing that's that I thought, you know how you, I mean, unfortunately we see these press conferences all too often now. Um, They had a threat analysis or something like he got triggered in uh, in last year at some point. I think we'll say February 2021 is what they said or something that uh, somebody reported that he made threats or whatever and that they were aware of it. And he went through some kind of university council deal as far as research, but it never got to the police. But the police did. Uh, this wasn't. They knew that something was wrong for a while. It's just a sad, sad deal, man. And um, I don't wish that upon any family, any oh, human God, being. God. And and we talk. You know, a lot of times we get passionate about our teams and passionate about subjects and all that. And it just uh, it puts things in perspective. So, um, thoughts and prayers out to those families. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll end on that sober note. We'll come back on uh, Thursday. We'll have a, another edition of uh, McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. We will uh, get you previewed for the weekend ahead. Not a lot of big games, but a handful of interesting games. And another weekend in the NFL as well. So, thanks to everybody for being in the thread with us. We appreciate it. Uh, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. We would appreciate that as well. And uh, until Thursday, for Tyler, I'm Neil. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.